move on to the, to the next question? Yeah, this is this is Philip Gray from the uh, Clarksville Leaf Chronicle. Uh, I cover Fort Campbell. I'm a Rakasan veteran of Iraq. Uh, it's come to have a great deal of appreciation for Curry history since the uh, Currahees have come back for the, the, to Fort Campbell and attended their, uh, their reunion over here. Uh, were any of you gentlemen uh, at the reunion this, this past fall? No. 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 I, this question is for Richard. Uh, Richard Thomas Mab, the uh, or excuse me, Alton Mab, the uh, writer that uh, found the documents in the National Archive over in College Park. He gave you a great deal of credit for uh, helping to push forward the, uh, the the Medal of Honor nomination and get it restarted. Uh, you know, uh, could you describe a little bit of your part in that? Well, I mean. Uh... <clears throat> After I was well, I was wounded in Cambodia along with 27 other soldiers, um, we there were George, George Coziel, John Abood, and I were in the hospital. Uh, after we were released from the hospital, a couple of weeks uh, after we entered, uh, George Coziel began to uh, describe what he saw uh, in the firefight uh, and Leslie's. Uh, Heroic actions and and uh, every, everything he did that day, uh, he was the sole uh, witness of Leslie Sabo's actions. Um, after George described what what he had seen, he uh, asked that uh, we would support his actions. Uh, Leslie was about 15 meters to my left during the firefight. I knew something was going on over there. Uh, uh, Leslie was distributing am ammunition. We were running low. We, we were in the firefight for five hours uh, against a heavy, well-armed enemy force. It was a, it, we had been in skirmishes before, but this was the first time that uh, these people were going to stay, and they were, and for the first time, they were matching our firepower round for round. Uh, and uh, it got real thick there, real fast. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, Leslie was, uh, after the, about the first hour and a half, Leslie, we, we were running low on ammunition. Leslie was, uh, George said that Leslie was uh, pass, low, low crawling, passing ammunition out, probably taking it off of people that had already been hit and killed, and passing ammunition to the other members of the people around him. Um, I uh, I signed an affidavit stating that where I was and where Leslie's position was in relation to mine and uh, basically supported what George uh, had stated related in, in relation to Leslie's activities that day, his actions. So, uh, yes, I pushed for it. So did John Abood signed an affidavit, another person that was in, uh, in my platoon. And... Uh, but no, we all push for for Leslie to receive this uh, this award. Uh, there's there's no question about it. Uh, of course, uh, Tony Mab took the bull by the horns and and did the extensive research in the National Archives. But we've all all supported uh, this uh, award for Leslie. Thank you very much, Richard. Uh, Jim, you had uh, I, I guess you were the one who wrote up the initial uh, nomination for the. Uh, Congressional Medal of Honor for Special Sabos, that's the fact. I can't take credit for that. George Kozo wrote the 
original nomination along with Colonel uh, Jim Jaggers, who's now a retired Major General. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, hey, may, yeah. I add, may I add something or interject something? Yes, sir. Uh, Please don't call it the Congressional Medal of Honor. It's called the Medal of Honor. Nowhere in the legislation is it referred to as the Congressional Medal of Honor. So okay, that, and and the, the media get that wrong often anyway. So uh, you can get it right. All righty, <laughs> I, I certainly will. I certainly will. Um, did, did, in the in the intervening years, uh, was there ever you know did you ever stop and think about? Why? Why didn't this get moved forward? Uh, why? Why did we never hear anything about this again? Or is it just you know because of the you know you were you were soldiers, you were in combat, uh, a lot of stuff going on uh, politically, a lot of stuff when you came back to the states. Did it just kind of uh, you know fade into the background until the article came out? <laughs> well, at that time, this is Rick Clinton, by the way. At that time, we were opcon to the fourth division. And uh, we were the only battalion of the 101st to go into Cambodia. Uh, due to that fact, I'm sure that the paperwork was misplaced uh, and was just summarily lost uh, for a long period of time. Uh, as Rich mentioned earlier, Tony Mab found it in the archives of uh, uh, here in Washington, and. Uh, Somehow he and I connected back in 2001, and I led him to George Kozio, Rich Rios, and a couple of other guys. And uh, uh, I also received a copy of this citation, which I then shared with Rose and, and her family. They had no idea how Les had actually died. All they told her was that he had been killed by enemy fire. Uh, and that was a very short summation of what happened. Uh, so it's unfortunate that his parents never knew what a hero he was, but at least the rest of his family does. We weren't passive about it. Uh, since Tony kicked it in gear again, uh, people in our company have talked to at least six different congressmen. They've talked to the Department of the Army, the Department of Defense, and we've been actively pushing this. Uh, several of our people have been very active. And in fact, we've been told more than once uh, this isn't proper for you to be questioning. But uh, we learned in the infantry, if you want to get it done, uh, do it your way. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. I, I, did, 20, I did 23 years in the infantry. Uh, always better to ask for forgiveness than, uh, than, than to ask for permission. Well said. Well said. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Well, well, gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, I very much appreciate this, and uh, uh, we will be getting a transcript of this, ma'am. Yes, sir. The... Okay. Thank you very much. Not a problem. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, Charles, did you have a follow-up question or additional questions? Um. Uh, I'll pass over to the next person. Uh, I don't want to monopolize the time. Thank you. Chuck, did you have another question? Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I'm probably the only uh, person who uh, has never served giving these questions, so but please excuse me if, I, if I'm a little slow in understanding some of the stuff. Um, 
Was there something different about this particular day, the combat this particular day, than um, than you had seen in in any other day? Um, what made what was there something that made this day unique, uh, combat-wise, that that uh, that would inspire? Uh, Larry Sable to um, to take the actions that he did. Rich hit it right on the head. Usually in a firefight, it just lasts a few minutes, then enemy backed off in Vietnam. But as Rich said, this thing went on for hours, and the enemy did not back off. You guys may want to comment uh, on how you feel about firefights in Vietnam and Cambodia and this particular firefight. Most of our firefights were short uh we pretty much gained superiority in most cases by uh, playing ground fire and calling in and calling in our uh, and calling in our uh, uh, gunships and air support. Uh, most of our combat was against BC. BC is a guerrilla force, and much like our countrymen did in the Revolutionary War, they were hitting, they would hit and then run, uh, trying to inflict casualties as quickly as possible and be gone. Uh, the Cambodia thing was entirely different, it's been noted. Uh, it was a huge enemy force, uh, which it's probably one of the only times that we were out, outmanned and outgunned, uh, but uh, still prevailed. Uh, uh, this is Richard Rios. Keep in mind that you know uh, when we land, when we made the combat assault, we made contact immediately with the enemy, and we made contact every day with the enemy thereafter up through up to May 10th. Uh, we we burned hooches, uh, we killed pigs. Uh, the enemy was it, Cambodia was a haven for the NVA. They hadn't been disturbed other than. The bombings, that, but uh, they had never seen the enemy force uh, on their real estate. Uh, as I said, we made contact every day. Uh, they were there in, in full force. Uh, we uh, burned their hooches. Uh, there were pigs, chickens. Uh, there was tons of rice. And seeing that, we knew that it was not just a small squad or a platoon uh, that was in the area. Uh, we continued to make contact on day three, four, uh, five, and, and then the big one on uh, May 10th. Uh, so the enemy was all over Cambodia. Uh, they had been totally undisturbed, and here comes a third of the 506 in infantry, and uh, we kind of tried to mess them up as much as possible. But they were a formidable force, no question. So on, on May 10th, then, basically, you ran into prepared positions that uh, that they weren't uh, that they had had prepared for many many years well yes they had bunkers I mean they were established uh, and we just uh, we were we came in and uh, disturbed them as best we could it was a battalion base camp and uh, as Rich has said uh, the real estate was theirs they had been there for quite some time and 
we were out, man, at least two to one. And, and when did you overrun the base camp, or, or did you? We did not overrun the base camp. Uh, we were fighting uh, to save people. Our first platoon had been held in reserve. They came forward at dusk, and we fully expected a strong attack that night. It didn't happen. Now, that next morning, we were fired upon again by the people in the base camp, but uh, another company later that day on May 11th actually went into the base camp. We've been pretty well evacuated by that time. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, Dale, did you have follow-up questions? I did, gentlemen. Thank you so much for this discussion. Um, my question is what it was like to be there yesterday when the Medal of Honor was uh, presented posthumously to uh, to Rose. What were the emotions and, and uh, your response to that event? Mm -hmm. uh, the Spruce Dan seizure, I've never seen anything like that where people stood up and applauded us. Uh, it was something that overcame me instantly when President of the United States said, I want to thank you gentlemen for what we did. And that was probably one of the few times I've ever heard that in 43 years. I mean, a lot of people are now finally saying, welcome home and everything, but it's normally it's another Vietnam veteran saying it. But when this room stood up and did this, it was just, it was, I don't know how to explain it. I'll never have a better day in my life than that, I don't think. Uh, this is Rick Klein. Uh Emotionally, it was uh, a roller coaster, uh, to say the least, highs and lows, because it brings back the memories of, of others that we lost. But it was something that uh, the high was seeing something we worked for for so long come to fruition, and uh, to see Rose and uh, the Sabo family received uh, this honor on behalf of Leslie uh, was just beyond gratifying to us. And as Bruce said, uh, it was extremely memorable. I'll never forget it. And I thoroughly thank uh, the fact that he did recognize the men of Bravo Company, uh, which we now call Bravo Family. And uh, it, it was very up and down day emotionally, but all in all, a wonderful day. What are your thoughts, yeah. Rich? Well, uh, it, it was definitely an emotional event. Um, we lost 18 people in 100 days from January 28th to May 10th. And we feel like this Medal of Honor is not for Leslie Sabo exclusively but we recognize the other 17 young men that didn't get to come home and grow old. Uh, so it was definitely a, a big day, a big event. And like Bruce said, uh, when the president uh, said, I'd like for the men of Bravo Company to stand, that was very emotional. Uh, keep in mind, we were the only battalion of the 101st Airborne Division to go into Cambodia. Uh, we were uh, 
our, our uh, third of the 506 was like the uh, say <laughs> the the, the uh, adopted redheaded child of the division. Uh, they they treated us like a rental car. I mean, wherever the wherever the action was the hottest, that's where we were deployed. That's where we moved to. We worked in the Central Highlands. Ho Chi Minh said, "Whoever controls the Central Highlands will control South Vietnam," and the Central Highlands was definitely hot. We worked from the east part of the Central Highlands in Phan Thiet, the South China Sea, all the way over to Pleiku and across the border into Cambodia. So that uh, we were we were very busy in South Vietnam and Cambodia the whole time. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, and thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Rob, you, you know, have yep. Yeah, this, this is Phil. Um, yeah, Rich, uh, it's, it's funny you, you mentioned the rental car thing. I heard the same thing from uh, some of the Hamburger Hill vets, uh, the third of the 187th guys. Uh, I guess that was uh, that was something that happened, uh, you know, uh, to them as well. They were basically just plugged into to wherever they uh, they needed somebody, and uh, you know, talking to those men was just uh, absolutely amazing. Last week, they they had their uh, their reunion over here at Fort Campbell. But when when this ceremony was going on, uh, did you guys think about George and you know what he would have how he would have felt about this? Because you know, George never got to see the moment, but probably more than any one single individual was most responsible for the moment happening. And uh, I'm just wondering uh, if you could talk a little bit about George and, and, and maybe, you know, when he passed, did he, did he have a pretty good idea that this was going to happen in 2008? Uh, George was there. He was uh, AWOL from heaven that day. And uh, George is always with us. Uh, oh, good. We think of him every day. George was a special person. He was a close friend of mine and, and Rich's especially because we all got to the company around the same time. Uh, this is Rick Clanton, by the way. Uh, yep. But, uh, uh, yeah, George was there and Les was there, and the other guys that we lost were in attendance, I can guarantee it. Uh, at least I certainly hope so. Every yeah, reunion, all of our 18 are honored. And George's name is always mentioned, even though he didn't die in combat. And last night, uh, as we do in every reunion, the song that George wrote about Bravo Company was sung. Oh, good I'll tell you, I, I felt chills down my spine as you were saying that because, uh, you know, people may think it's silly, but uh, those of us who have, you know, been in places like Iraq, Afghanistan, Vietnam, I, I think, uh, you, there, there is a brotherhood to this. There, there's a, uh, a bond that you form that is unlike anything from college. It's unlike anything from high school. It's unlike anything from any place you'll ever work or anything you'll ever do. And uh, that bond is a, it really is an enduring thing, isn't it? Even after 30 years, like you said, you, you're able to talk to these men and just pick up right from where you left off. That right. doesn't amaze me at all because I've talked to other people who said the same thing. Um, Rob, are you still on the line? Did you have yeah. additional questions? I, I just got a question just backing up a little bit. Um, uh, going into Cambodia, um, I had a Marine friend that went into Cambodia, and it was like a no-no. I mean, nobody was supposed to know. I know it was a secret mission. Um, 
know how dangerous this might become from both sides of the border because we were saying nobody's going in. I think at the time nobody, they said nobody's going into Cambodia, and, and it was obvious there was it had to be done. Um, I guess you guys were briefed pretty well when you were going in there, or just because you guys were the uh, you were sent to wherever the most danger was, that was just part of your life. Uh, I I will say, just from my own experience, I didn't go with them on the initial insertion, but they weren't told until we were on the tarmac ready to load <laughs> at where we were going. I'm sure Captain Jim knew uh, and some of the officers, but the uh, the other guys didn't know. And we found out on the tarmac, if I'm not mistaken. The night before the invasion into Cambodia, we flew over each company commander and uh, a couple other people to pick out where we were going to be inserted. Well, unfortunately, uh, the day of the combat assault, uh, those areas were hot. So we were diverted uh, several miles away for our insertion. Uh, we had the wrong maps. Uh, the fire base didn't know where they were. We weren't sure where we were. And for the first week, uh, we were pretty well operating in the blind. We were given a vector by the battalion commander, and we took that compass heading and uh, kept walking until we had combat uh, contact or uh, he changed directions on us. So it was not the perfect uh, battle plan by a long way. Yeah. Let me, let me interject something again here. Uh, yeah. Uh, on May 10th, when uh, when we walked into the ambush, uh, third platoon and second platoon uh, were involved going down the trail. Uh, first, but I would say the cap uh, Bravo Company Commander Jim Waybright had made the wise decision to leave first platoon in the rear as a reserve at our starting point. We left our rucksacks there, and then that's when all we took was our weapons and plenty of ammo. Well, not enough, obviously, eventually. But uh, my point is that had Captain Waybright not ordered 1st Platoon to stay behind, we could have very well been overrun at some point in that five-hour firefight uh, due, to our, uh, due to being outnumbered by the enemy. Uh, when... After about an hour and a half or two hours into the firefight, 1st Platoon did come in like the old cavalry in the Western movies. They came in with full force to rescue and help us, 2nd and 3rd Platoon, in this firefight. And that definitely disturbed the enemy. It broke them. And, uh, again, had it not been for this decision to leave that element behind in the rear, in reserve, uh, our KIAs, and if not, that could have been a lot higher, and perhaps, and we'll never know, we could have been easily overrun, because they could have just come on with full force. Uh, but uh, fortunately, they, uh, that did not happen. So there was a wise decision that was, that was made there initially, and uh, I've always given Captain Waybright credit for that, for making that decision. I think that's the reason a lot of us are alive today. Thank you. Yes, does someone have an additional question? 
I'll tell you, I thank you so much for the opportunity uh, for, for, for you guys putting this together. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much for your service. Thank you for your story. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, over here, you know, over here in Clarksville, Tennessee, there's a huge interest, as you might understand, among the, uh, the Currahees and the rest of the 101st Airborne Division. Uh, I believe Leslie was the 21st. Congressional Medal, uh, excuse me, excuse me, Medal of Honor recipient for the 101st Airborne Division in Vietnam, and that uh, that is something that means a whole lot to folks over here. You guys mean a whole lot to folks over here, and uh, we just thank you. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. We have a lot of good Tennessee men in our outfit. Ashley, uh, I have a question. Yes. Just real quickly, gentlemen, did does this? place where you had this battle uh, doesn't have a name, a hamlet name, or, or something that would be a hill well, the number, name, uh, you, you know, an identifier of some kind? The the location is known as the Saison Valley, Cambodia. That's S-E, and it's in a separate word, S-A-N, Valley. That's the uh, sector probably uh, about 20 miles immediately west of Pleiku. If you can get a map and you'll see that, okay. uh, that area. Thank you, sir, and thank you all for your service. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Dale, did you have a follow-up question for you? Uh, no, thank you. That was wonderful. Appreciate the time. And any other um, final questions? No, thank you once again. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, everyone, for your great questions and participation and echoing what everyone on the line said. Thank you, gentlemen, for participating uh, with us today. I'm talking about your service and your memories of Specialist for Sable. Um, for everyone else, um, I know, Chuck, you had some questions about the exact locations. Um, you can visit um, Specialist for Sable's website at www.army.mil slash Medal of Honor slash Sable to view photos, interviews, and to find um, additional information. Um, as we talked about already, there will be an audio file and transcript for this roundtable, and as soon as they are available, I will provide those to everyone on the line. Um, again, thank you for your participation, and this completes our roundtable today.